We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Dumb? Is it dumb? Okay. Stupid? Okay. Um, some stupid questions that people ask um, that... Moronic? Moronic is another that's, word. It is. It is a word. Misguided? I think we're getting Ignorant. a little nicer now, which is the path <laughs> I was trying, hoping to go down. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire. Joined on this Monday by Jordan Cooper to talk a little strategy today since we have nothing to discuss over the previous weekend. Unless you did you play any uh, international friendly contest, Jordan? No, I didn't go down that rabbit hole. I I, I saw in the Slack that the, the substitution patterns weren't that stupid. Well they kept them but at six, which I think is different than the ICC, which kept them at nothing. <laughs> Meaning no cap, not that they couldn't sub. Um, but even with six subs, I mean, you can still get three at the half and three during whatever. Goalkeepers come out. The star striker comes out. I mean, it could be anything. I did see some Still. people complaining that they lost to a 91st and 96th minute Ronaldo goals. And I thought to myself, that actually could be the most normal thing that probably happened on that slate. Did he play all 90 minutes? I have no idea. Right, people like were saying they lost line. to it, though, so maybe. Well, okay, well, then, then so be it. But, I mean, you have to predict that. Mm-hmm. But especially with guys like, like Ronaldo and Messi, uh, pretty much I think that maybe those are the only two where, like, if they start, like, there's no manager in the world that, like, like 
unless they say that they want to be substituted or they want to come out or just say, they could be up eight nothing. If Ronaldo doesn't signal to the bench that okay, I'm done for the day, like he's going to play the whole game, yeah, no matter yeah. what, right? Those 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 types of players. I think is there anyone else other than Ronaldo and Messi that are are like that? I don't think so. I mean, you see you see other people that play a lot of minutes, like Alexis, even for like Chile. Like he'll play all the minutes, but we've seen him substituted out, right? It, he's furious whenever nothing. it happens. Right. But like that's because he's not Ronaldo or Messi, where he doesn't. It's still it's not up to him. Right. I mean, it, I've seen Ronaldo getting subbed at like the seventy seventh minute, and him looking pissed, even though it's like they were up like three to one or something. Right. It's because he only had one goal or something like that. Right. Benzema right. blew three but, chances and Bale another two. So. Right. Something like that. But I mean, but that's what that's what I thought. Like if. People r- rostered Ronaldo, and they didn't come on until the 45th minute and then scored in, in stoppage time of the second half. Like, yeah, well, it, who rosters a non-starter? Right. Unless it's like, unless it's like, well, it's it's an international friendly. He'll most likely come on at some point. But, like, to me, for the international, for, the, for those type of friendly matches and, and stupid, meaningless stuff, like that's when when like if I see Ronaldo or Messi on on that slate, I I I automatically play them because it's like, it they could be seventy four subs in that game, but it's not going to be them. Like I know I'm getting minutes out of them, on top of them being the, obviously the most expensive and most likely to score anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> no matter what the matchup is, right. But I'm just saying I'm, I'm much more likely to well Ronaldo's twelve k. Well, let's screw it. I mean I'm I'll, I'll I'd rather I'd rather just uh, uh, close my eyes and pick any goalkeeper. Then what have to now worry about picking a goalkeeper and the one that's going to actually play past sixty minutes, right, right, and not get substituted off or at a fullback. Oh, look, there's a cheap twenty eight hundred dollar fullback. Yeah, he, he's probably not playing more than a half, right? <laughs> like, but Ronaldo with twelve k, like, okay, I don't care. I don't care who they're playing, right? It just I, I know I'm getting the minutes out of it. Right, right. Uh, that's enough of that. Those ridiculous slates. Um, so like I said, we're going to talk a little more strategy in this um, podcast. We uh, had a question from somebody, and we have a few new people in the Rotowire soccer Slack chat that don't play a lot of DFS soccer, or uh, we've had a few that don't watch soccer and pay so- attention to soccer at all, but are now trying to get into it a little bit, uh, probably because of the gigantic prize pools. But um, one of the questions we got was how we go about identifying the chalk players on a slate, and... I think we kind of take it for granted because we play all the time. And so it's kind of easy for us to know who they are. But Jordan, how do you respond to how do you find the chalk on a particular soccer slate? It's, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. I, I mean, it, even if you've been in the slack for a little bit, it's going to be high goal scoring players with high goal scoring odds on favorite teams and set piece takers primarily on favored teams or ones that are egregiously, maybe not even egregiously, but somewhat underpriced and then cheap fullbacks. And then, I mean, I mean, it's, it's the process of like who the floor type of players. So, I mean, if you have, if you have a, a five game slate, you can have 10 teams and depending on obviously, you know, we have Liverpool versus whoever it's like, well, well, Salah's going to be chalk. I mean, like end of story, like there's no, like you see Man City, it's like it's gonna be Aguero, KDB, and depending on the size of the slate and the prices, it could be other people also. But I mean, you see Tottenham, and you go, well, Ericsson's gonna be chalk. 
as long as Tottenham's playing a, a crappier side, right? Now, once you start throwing all those teams together, then ownership would spread out more. But we get a lot of these four or five game slates right, without where, without duplicating those teams, right? Where one of them is on, and then you have three pick'em matches, or sometimes it's all sometimes none of them are on, right? Or you get something like a Man United, which who knows who to pick from Man United most weeks, <laughs> right? <laughs> even when they are enough favored, I mean they're not. They're, they're, even them, they, you're not going to see ridiculous favorite for them. You know, maybe they're playing Everton. It's like okay, it's it's whatever. So I mean, really, you're just looking into who who's going to people that take monopoly of set pieces are more valuable than people that have shares of it, and also it depends on on pricing. I mean, we've We've seen, especially with 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 Everton, we see that you know the DraftKings is not priced up like like they priced up Walcott, but they didn't price up Belasi. Right, and Everton started to play better, and then Sigurdsson came out, so Rooney was too underpriced. I mean, not ridiculously, and Belasi was also, but Walcott wasn't. But they're in pretty much the same situation. I mean, Belasi and Walcott are in practically the same. Yeah, they're just yep. different sides of the field. Rooney plays in the midfield, so I could see him having less forward value. Uh, but I mean, on the last late, Rooney was fifty nine hundred when he probably should have been like sixty seven hundred. And now that we know that he's going to take a lot of set pieces, maybe he should be like seventy two hundred. And Belasi shouldn't be fifty two hundred; he should be sixty five hundred. Yeah, Walcott's yeah. going to be eight thousand. So, like looking at that, it's like, yeah, you you look at Belasi and you go, why was Belasi kind of chalky on the last slate? It's like because he was underpriced and he's forward eligible. If he was midfield eligible, he probably would have garnered less ownership, although still would have been decently enough popular. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, that, that's that's I'm describing what if you play any sport, daily fantasy of what of what DFS is is finding pricing inefficiencies. So, chalk is. I mean, you're gonna. When Shakiri Shakiri's out, and then Charlie Adams in, or Charlie Adams in at any point, pretty much because he doesn't play that often, he may not be chalk chalk, but he'll be chalky. You'll see him in people's lineups, right? Sure, right. You you, you get a situation where uh, where uh, you have no John Joe Shelby or Richie, and you know Kennedy would remember that that first game or second game or something where Kennedy was like thirty three hundred. Yeah, and took every set piece. Right, and he was chalk, but I mean, you had to risk the fact that he's going to be the one taking all the set pieces because that was like the game where it's like, well, he kind of in the FA Cup, but right, he did, right. didn't know. He took two of them against a team we had never heard of for a different when he was playing for a different team, so maybe right. he, maybe he was right. going to take him. Yeah, but for thirty three hundred, why not? I mean, like, right, right. You could, I didn't, but I'm saying I understand what people went there because you didn't know. You looked at Newcastle and said, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, right? Could be Atsu. I think that that game was the same. They got a weird situation where no one that has ever taken a free kick for Newcastle is in their lineup. Right, and you just go, who's gonna who's gonna be? And they were in a they were a home favorite, so you're like, but for thirty three hundred now, if, they, if Kennedy was seven thousand, like which he is now, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I mean that would be the efficient price in that situation, right? Sure, if sure. If you knew that he was going to be on a monopoly of set pieces as a home favorite, right? But then you didn't. You still had to take somewhat of a risk. But still, for thirty three hundred, enough people took the risk. Yep. So, like figuring out who's going to be chalk is. I mean, when you see James Ward Prowse at at ninety five hundred, and the fact that Liverpool's on the slate, 
like it's most likely a midfield eligible $9,500 player is not going to be high owned. Sure. Because you're going to take Salah and not be able to take James Ward Prowse, and it's probably not going to be worth it to take him if he starts for that price. Southampton away as a slight underdog, you know, like something like that. So the other people in the slate, yet you take Liverpool off a slate like that or Man City off a slate like that, and you look and you go, well, you know, maybe uh, Jamie Lester playing and then Jamie Vardy gets hurt or something and he's not going to be playing or Mares or something is out. So now now you're looking, you're like, where do I spend my money? Right? And then you, then next thing you know, lock hits and James Ward-Prowse is 68%. <laughs> right? Just one thing changes. I mean, like, it, it's all in the context of the slate where it's like, well, where else am I going to spend my money? Or or you, you see the situation where Seamus Coleman came back for, for like, minimum price. Right, it's yeah. Like, well, he's obviously going to be chalk, but it also affects the chalk of the rest everywhere else. Now, it's more likely that the high goal score gods, like, if Aguero is up there, he's going to be higher owned now. Right, that he would have been before because you're now you're able to fit him in with the cheaper fullback like that. A cheaper good fullback that should be 2K or 2500 priced more. Right. Yeah, Coleman slipped through the cracks that time. Right, but I mean, that's but that's, but isn't that what you do? In D- you, the whole point is to spend 50K in salary and get the most out of it. So if they're going to pray, if they priced uh, Muhammad Salah at like 4K, like he should be 100% owned. Right, sure. He's going to produce more than four K worth of value on average, you know. And then if you if if you said uh, Muhammad Salah is uh, a twenty eight K, like it costs you literally that much, he should be zero percent owned. Right. Because you almost, I mean, I whatever the price would be, where you would have to play th- uh, the literal minimum price player at every position and <laughs> right. get to the fifty K. Right, whatever that is, but you wouldn't play him. So, like, obviously, price affects who gets played, but it's also the context of the slate, and we 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 see this in other sports where, like, even we talk about on on the podcast where it's where it's like, well, do you pay twelve k for Salah? Do you play pay eleven k for Aguero? You know, guys that don't necessarily like Alexis also is very similar. Like, guys that get a couple of peripheral points as a floor, but you're, you're pretty much getting, you want, you want shot volume from them, right? Even Kane, s- similar to that. Like you're, you're, you're hoping for a goal out of these players at these prices, but uh, you don't, there's no like X value. I think in soccer is the, I mean, I don't play NHL, but like when people talk about like two X, three X, five X, seven X, their salary like in NBA, that that's very prominent. Like typically, five sure. X is considered cash value. So if a guy is five K, like he needs to get twenty five points to make value in cash in double ups, and then he needs to make thirty five plus seven X to make GPP value. You know, uh, value because I mean you're looking at a target score of like three fifty to win a GPP versus two fifty to cash. You know, like something like that. But in soccer. Scores are all dependent on how many goals scored in this slate. Right. It's the like NBA. I mean, yes, you may have a low scoring slate overall. They, a game may go 85 to 79 instead of, uh, you know, a game that goes 119 to 110. But that's still that's still points. I mean, we have a soccer slate with four games, five games, and there could be one goal on the whole slate. 
It could be zero 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 one nothing. Yeah, those are fun. It, right. But I mean, you'll, the winning GPP score is forty eight. <laughs> I mean, like, like you, you're right. It could be. Yeah, for sure. Right. So you you can't go by by like an X you know factor. It's all in the context of the slate. On low scoring slates, you don't need much. You could uh, on a high price player, you may just need one X on a medium sized low scoring slate. Salah getting twelve points and be like, well, twelve thousand you paid for it. Is the more who else on this slate scored double-digit points? Right. And you start looking down right. and you go, there's a lot of eights and sevens and twos. And yeah, I guess you're paying for raw points, right? He's the most likely to get then. He didn't score, but he got an assist and whatever and got you 12 points. But no one else got you 12 points, so I guess you did pay, right? 12K was worth it in the context of that slate. Now, if he gets 12 points and you see a lot of mid-range price level, then there's, there's games that are five to three, right? There's... You know, that's why we see in Champions League a lot, especially in the group stage, where it's like you need goals because there's going to be a lot of like, like there's going to be two games on the slate where it's like a minus 700 favorite. Yeah. And then you have European sides that, that you know, one team's traveling across the continent and whatever. And, and group stage matches, the goal differential doesn't matter as much. Uh, so, uh, whatever, whatever the case may be. You may have an eight-game Champions League slate with forty-eight goals, <laughs> right? Why not? I mean, we've seen it before, where one match is six six nothing, then then you have three three two one four to two. I mean, like all of that. And it's like like you ain't you ain't even you ain't even getting like you ain't even cashing in a double up without a one twenty. Yeah, at that point. Unless some of the goal scorers are just out of you know, a lot of them are out of the blue, but you'll have like you'll have two guys with a hat trick, both of which which are twenty percent owned at least, right? And you'll get you know the the, the set piece taker has the twelve cr- crosses and two assists and four shots. On, I mean he has twenty six points. And you look at that and you go, well, if you play twelve k and you got ten points, you're screwed, right? So it's all in the context of the slate. So I think if you're coming from another sport and looking at like how how much do I need to get out of someone, it's like well it depends on the, on the slate. But typically, like if you get one X out of out of a minimum price type of guy in soccer, that's not bad. Yep. It's not. It could not be good. Yeah, if it's a high scoring slate, but it's typically not bad. Like if you get a thirty five hundred player and you get three points out of them, like there are plenty of five K players that only got three points. Right. So I mean right. like that's not that bad. But if there were a lot of five K players that got ten points, then it's not optimal. But still, like three points out of a what else do you expect out of them? If it helped you get a ten plus K player that got thirty points, then com- combined together, it's fine. But it yeah, really it depends what you do with the context the money. of the slate. Right, it depends what you do with the money. It depends on the context of the slate. I've seen plenty of Sunday slates, uh, two game Sunday slates, where there's there's one maybe two, there's two goals that get scored, and they're both by substitutes. And I'm sitting there in cash, going, "Well, okay, I I got out alive with a 31 in cash, <laughs> right?" And you you went over the and you passed the double up line because no one like there was no assists on either of them, and there were substitute goals, and it really came down to. Uh, did you did you have the goalkeeper with the clean sheet? Or Just that's what I was going to say. 
right? That that's really what it comes down to because no one has a goal, no one in their lineups, right? No one has an assist. I mean, we're talking about like an eleven man double up or something. Like no one has a goal or an assist in their lineup. No one has a guy with more than two shots in their lineup, right? You're looking at your lineups going. How many crosses? That's why we look at cross. Oh, this guy got eight crosses. That guy gets, you know, you play a Townsend over a Zaha. And Zaha got four points. Townsend got six and a half points or eight and a half points. But you played, you played Wade Hennessy, who got the 12 point clean sheet win. And some other guy played the guy that got three saves and one goal against for four points. That eight point difference is massive on that slate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you look at that. And then, but in the great. If you do the same type of analysis on that, that goalkeeper, but you put it in Champions League or something, or Europa League group stage or something, it's like the eight point difference didn't matter. I, I mean, the cash line was a hundred and fifteen, right? So eight points. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, if I had eighty eight points, who cares about the goal? I, I, I lost anyway. So that's why I think that newer players that come into soccer, like it really depends. I mean. It depends on the slate in all sports, but it's not as dramatic, I think, in, in soccer. Feels that way. Well, also, the slate size matters. On a 10-game NBA slate, most likely they'll be they'll be decent enough scores because you could, there'll be at least a couple of games that will be higher scoring. Say for soccer, right, right, eight-game yeah. slate is more likely to be, well, goals and stuff, but on a two- or three-game slate, Burnley, <laughs> Burnley versus West Brom and uh, Huddersfield and, Southers, right? Huddersfield Brighton. versus right Brighton, and that's the slate. Like you, you better be, you better be getting crosses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, but that, but that's the type of slate where you look at and you go, well, who's going to be chalk on that slate? Well, it's going to be Pascal Gross and Johan Berger, right? Right? You're not. There's no goal scorer you're taking there. Yeah, that's not the slate where you like. I I need to shove in Mounier in cash, <laughs> right? Right. Even on right. that s- crappy slate, right? That's usually when I decide not to play a slate. When all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I should play Steve Mounier in cash. Then I say, I just yeah, close but, but my even computer. on that, but even on the slate that we just mentioned with that two game crappy slate, like you could easily identify what the chalk played. It's a low scoring slate. Who's forward eligible that has a floor? Well, we mentioned Bright, like West Brom, Huddersfield, Brighton. Like, uh, obviously, Solomon Rondon's in play. Always, always he in is play. A, he, he is a floor now, but they should be pricing him up. I hope to see, I please, please, DraftKings, just price him up to 7K so I just never play him. So no one, and so other people are like, well, Rondon has a floor, and then let Saramek play him and get him five points, right? He's, he's he, been playing it for the past three weeks. He's 5,600 this weekend, home against Burnley. Oh, come on. Chalk. Come on. What, chalk party. What, not, no, it's not going to be chalk. There's going to be this. It's a seven game slate. Yeah, KDB Rondon. You're going to love it. Really? In, in GPP, sure. And that's that's what's going to end up happening. Which Rondon's going to get eight points. Perfect. You, it, right. But that's the thing is, you'll watch the game and you go, I don't even notice him. How did he get eight points without a goal? You don't have to keep fighting this. Just accept it. He's the safest cash forward in the game at this point. His price, at least. Right. Uh, before we jump into the another uh, section that we had to, t- to discuss, a uh, quick message from one of our sponsors. 
Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. All right, before the podcast, uh, we were talking about how we wanted to have this chalk conversation, which obviously makes this a little more of a beginner podcast. And you responded that uh, you wanted to talk about some, um, how did you describe the questions? Dumb. Was it dumb? Okay. Stupid. Okay. Um, Some stupid questions that people ask um, that, Moronic, moronic is another That's, word. It is. It is a word. Misguided. I think we're getting Ignorant. a little nicer now, which is the path I was trying, <laughs> hoping to go down. Do I have to do synonyms? No, for... you're good. You're good. Right, um, no. But basically, questions that people ask that it just seems like there are people who are asking the wrong questions. Uh, and you had some examples of the wrong questions and hopefully some responses of what the right questions are. Most most of the time are in our Slack, no one asks stupid questions. That's true. Most of the time. Uh, so this is more of a primer. But if you're new to Slack, to our Slack chat, we we you, typically your stupid questions will not be answered well. Uh, not least by me. I just look at it and go, "Well, that makes no." And it's and it's the and the quest the stupid questions. The the funny part is they're the most asked questions in all of daily fantasy. Yep. Like they're on a regular basis, on like a daily, you know, not not a general strategy question, but like as far as like the slate that's going on that like that day. Yeah. Uh, and typically it's player A or player B. And when I see that, I want to say player C. You know, <laughs> G- G- well, GFY. It, it always comes back to the it depends. Right. It always depends. In what context? Like that doesn't like it makes no sense. Like. A or B in in for what what what's your what's your goal what's your purpose and what what's your overall like DFS strategy in general like are you playing fifty lineups are you playing one lineup are you are you risk tolerant are you not risk tolerant are you I mean everything every single thing that you do goes into how you select players how you build lineups how you do anything so contextually I mean some things matter more than others. Some things it's not as important for me to know if you're asking me a question or in general, uh, but simply player A versus what site are you on? Yeah, I mean we've got we've gotten that. Do you play X or Y? And I go, well, obviously X. It's like, well, I'm on FanDuel. It's like I don't know. I'm not on FanDuel, but I'm talking DraftKings. Like FanDuel, it's kind of like like the people that you pay up at forward are the people that I typically fade on DraftKings. Right, the high shot volume players, like you're not, your crosses don't matter on FanDuel. So, I'm not playing. You know, I don't care about Pascal Gross, forward eligible on FanDuel. I don't even know if he is. He's not. Uh, he's not, he's not. <laughs> that is but one like of defenders, the defenders, like like cheap central defenders. It's like, well, obviously the site matters. So if you're gonna go into a conversation and go A versus B without that context, like I'm gonna give you the answer. Like you're, I'm assuming by default DraftKings, and then you go and you plug them in. On FanDuel, and whatever happens, happens, and then you come back and you go, well, that was a stupid choice. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's for a completely different scoring system. I do find because of 
the scoring systems that it's it's tough to play DraftKings and FanDuel and not not that you're shooting yourself in the foot, but you end up just like that. You end up playing different people for different reasons because the scoring is different. And then, you know, one guy does something you're like, oh, great. And you're like, oh, wait, I don't have him on the other site. Whereas DraftKings and Yahoo is a little closer just because it's more shot heavy. Uh, and they even have accurate crosses. So like high crossing players still are able to accurately cross sometimes. Uh, so I find DraftKings and Yahoo to be a little more similar. But yeah, it is frustrating with, with FanDuel because you're like, oh, that very, very goal-dependent forward that I wouldn't ever think of playing on DraftKings just had two shots on goal, and now I'm up on FanDuel, but I'm losing on my GPP lineups on Yah- on DraftKings. is not doing anything. Like Playing those two sites I find is very tough. Right. But that's also the reason why you don't ask, you know, like, well, what side are you playing on? What cash versus GPP? That makes a difference. Yeah. Double ups, big field double ups, high head to heads. That may matter a little. I mean, you know, it's not like like you have to ask like, well, do I play X or Y? And here's all the whatever before. A lot of times, like it's in in our Slack, you participate enough. Like we know, like the it's situations that you're in. Like you, yeah, I get. There are a lot of people in 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 the Slack where it's like they. Uh, this, this is someone that plays regularly and plays low low stake one uh, like one dollar double ups, right? Doesn't multi enter GPPs or whatever. So like if the que- if a question gets asked, it's like I know the context in which they they generally play in uh, anyway. So I don't necessarily need that information. But I mean, people pop in out of the blue and are like, you know, do I play X versus Y? I'm like, I, I don't know the con. Are you playing fifty lineups? Like, are you are you playing GPPs? And then they'll say GPP, and then a lot of times the answer is you can do whatever you want in GPP, <laughs> right? Right, and then like, well, if you play, if you're doing that in GPP, are you what's your le- where, Are you using a leverage point? Are you are, are you are you making multiple lineups? Right, what's your correlation there? Like it's like ah, so and so versus so and so. It's like well, if you're gonna play this forward, like like you also said five minutes ago that you were also playing the defender from the opposite team, like. Yeah, are are you looking for a a multi scoring game? Like the neither side is gonna like, like that's the correlation that like you're you're anti correlative now. So like if you're making fifty now if you're making fifty lineups and you're like, well, I'm gonna make that lineups with you know this forward but without the defender from the other team. But in the lineups that don't have that forward, I'm gonna okay, that's kind of a hedging ish strategy because not all the lineups are correlated to each other as much. Because it's just basically the clean sheet points for the defender. Yeah. Uh, but I could see that being a strat. Like, oh, I'm going to have 25 lineups that have Everton winning and 25 lineups that have Crystal Palace winning. You know, if you want to do that, you can. I mean, you're kind of playing against yourself there. But at least that, if I saw the context of that, I'd say, okay, now now ask me the question of X over Y. Now, if you're asking, it's like, that's what I'm looking to do. But I'm looking to play either Tosin or Walcott. Point per dollar. Like, who would you play in that situation? And then there you go. And then, okay, now now that you've gotten the context of everything, now now you could now you could assess it versus just, like, if you'd ask me Tosin versus Walcott, I'd probably go Walcott. is safer for his price than Jenk Tosin. 
But if you're looking to win a GPP, like it, it, it's an eight game slate and there's, and there's so many chalk forwards, uh, I may go, well, it may be worth it now more to play Tosin, hoping for a brace yeah. in GPP because he's going to be extremely low owned. You're not going to have to pay. You're going to pay 2K less for him than Walcott. And now you're able to fit in a high-priced chalky player because soccer contests aren't big enough that why not? If you're going to play an 8% forward, like you're good. Like you win a GPP right there in a 700-person field. Yeah. Right. If it's a ten thousand, if it's a fifty thousand person field, then it's like okay, you have to take Tosin, and then you have to you have to fade the other, you have to fade the high price truck also. Like you have to fade everything. You have to go the complete opposite way. But like at that point, I mean, you, I see a lot of people doing that, and sometimes and sometimes it does work out. You're right. Your your Jay Rodriguez, uh, uh, Gabby Adini, uh, Tosin uh, trifecta lineup when there's Man City or Liverpool on the slate, like. Like it, it once in a while it does work out. You're right. <laughs> once in a once in a once in a blue moon, you could feel free to show me that lineup from two years ago, that worked out, and and show me how much money you made. Well, I won the one dollar, whatever. Yeah, you won five hundred bucks, right? You run you run that type of slate over and over again, and you do that lineup over and over again. You're probably negative EV. It's probably negative. Or I mean, you don't get paid enough. You show me you won fifty thousand with that. Okay. Good strategy. You're risky, high variance, and so be it. That's a lot of the point that I make contextually when it comes to those types of questions. And you go, do, do you play do, do, so X over Y? And I go, neither. I go, unless you're, unless you're playing like a million, like like people ask, do, do I play that? I think the sub is going to come on. Like, feel free. Good luck to you, sir. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I just you don't get paid enough. I see. I understand what you're trying to do. It's just that you don't just don't get paid enough for the situation that it has to happen. That going that off the board. That's what, why do you think I play conservatively? And sometimes I do get burned, but I much rather go for sure things when, like, if the downside is like off the cliff. But I mean, there's a limit limited downside. It's whatever I put in, but there's also a limited upside. So it's like one in doubt. It's like I'll. Fine, let let other people stack this team and hope they get all the points out of it. And if they do, God bless them. And if they don't, I, I I'm going to cash and win. So I'm, that's all I'm rooting against. And I think the likelihood of all of them making value is under fifty percent. So it's like as long as it's forty five percent. I mean, then I I profit, right? That's all. That's and that's all I need. I'll take the John Joe Shelby, right? I'll t- I'll take the Charlie Adams. You get me a little cheap, underpriced, whatever that other people don't want. You know, I'm playing, you know, Tom Cleverly more often than other people, and Tom Carroll and Key before he was popular, right? When he was underpriced, I'm playing those guys. If you beat me, you beat me. But that's my style. So if someone asked me, like, do we do do you play X over Y? Like, people, if you know me enough, it's like, well, who is who's more likely to have set pieces and crosses? Like, that's my style for cash but other people it's not other people yeah you know, look, look at you andrew you're playing mario lamina playing these defensive midfielders which is as viable as my as my strategy because you view it the same way of he'll get a couple of tackles and for like 3200 if i get four points if 
five points, like I'm, I'm gold. I'm able to fit everything mm-hmm. in, right? But that's perfectly viable also. I, I, don't, I find that a little bit risky because it's like, well, defensive midfielders, like if they don't get tackles or if they, they don't do anything, like they, they, they don't score anything. Like that could be a zero, a zero, zero. But I mean, we've seen plenty of times where cheap set piece takers, oh, uh, the, the team got two corners and they both were short and they both took them and they're a defensive midfielder and they got a half a point. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen that also. Yeah. So like just because they have some amount of set pieces doesn't mean anything anyway. Uh, so maybe your strategy is a little bit, you know, but it's still both both are conservative like strategies. But like playing high price non set piece takers in cash that don't have goal scoring odds but have open play value. Like when Townsend ends up becoming eight. Yeah, as you say, when you're playing Walcott at eighty two hundred. Right. Right. That type of thing. I look at that and go, that's risky for my t- I'll opt to go elsewhere if I can. That's my last resort if there's nothing else, but most likely I'm not going to be playing them. Right. Most li- and also as far as ambiguity of like like what why did you play Rooney the last slate? Because I wasn't sure that he was going to be on a monopoly of set pieces. And if he, with him in the midfield without set pieces, his floor is zero. Yeah. So I have to weigh the risk of and other people go like, well, obviously it's Rooney. It's like you don't you really don't know. You don't know. You may eighty percent you may go, oh, eighty percent shot. Well, eighty percent is still a risk, right? And it's not like he's two hundred he's, he's he's two he's minimum priced. And it's not like there are other options that you could use. So other people are like, no, oh, even if it's a sixty percent chance in my head, like you should take you you should take him every time for that risk. I don't bemoan the people that do. If that you played him last slate and he got you twelve whatever points. I didn't look at that and go, that's a donkey play. I go, okay, they took the risk and they, they got there. And so I didn't take that risk. If he showed up with one point because Leighton Baines was on everything, I, I would have looked at their pick and go, I, I still don't think it's a, I, they took the risk. They got burned. Oh, well, I didn't take that risk. Mm-hmm. I played Leighton Baines. I got two and a half yeah. points and did nothing. Right. I did the opposite. Right. And that, <laughs> Because I figured no matter what, Baines is, has some value regardless. Of right, the fact. right. So, so Baines' floor is not in. zero. Right. But that's a, that's a conservative mindset. Some p- people don't play as conservatively or conservatively in that direction. So when asking questions, it's like all of this depends. If you're going to ask me, it's going to come from that type of perspective. And that's why I, I try to, at least when confronted with questions that have no context, especially use terms like viable and optimal or as optimal or I always prefer safer to play <laughs> right. Safer. Right. I, I terms like that. There's no such thing as a lock ever. So I never use terminology like that, but still it's like, Oh, do, uh, have a playing X in GPP. I said, that seems viable to me. Right. Sure. That doesn't mean I'm going to play him. It just means. Yeah, you get why why people co- would play him. Right, I get it. Right, uh, Vardy over Vardy versus Mounier or something like that on a slate. I go, I go. Well, Vardy's probably going to be more popular. Right. Right. Like they're both uh, for GPP. Like, well, uh, how about for cash? I go, no, not viable. And on this slate, for whatever, most likely. Right. If you could play Vardy, you could play Mares. 
And if Mars is not in, you could find some other some other person. Vardy's never Lester's never going to be a high enough favorite where Vardy is like a cash play. Uh, I think there was an FA Cup slate recently. Well, I'm talking about an EPL, <laughs> slate. right? I'm talking about EPL wise. Yes. Right, you understand that. I mean, if did well, I don't want to pay 12k for Kane. Well, maybe you have to on this slate. Yeah, I think that's Sometimes when people just... really get thrown off, and we're like, the 12k Kane is going to be chalk this slate, and everyone's like, how could that be? Goal dependent forward on at 12,000. It's like, well, it's a two game slate, and the other game is you know two big teams that'll just drag it out, or two horrible teams that are playing each other, and who knows? And it's Tottenham and home you, against you also Swansea. Have, Right, you, and then you, even if it's two teams that are g- garbage, you get the cheaper players, right? And you just take all of them. Like you're not going to take a goal dependent guy from that game. You're going to take the goal dependent guy from the guy that scores goals in a game that has a three and a half total. Sure, sure, right. Like that, and whatever his score is, Kane could get eight points in that game, and that'd be good, right? Because the other game is zero zero. I mean, like that. That's the that's the whole point. Like, stringing it in with the first topic, it's like everything is contextual. Everything in daily fantasy and anything is is contextual, and the more the more that you, you you learn to view things contextually, number one, the more that you can help yourself, and number two, the more you can avoid asking stupid questions. <laughs> I mean, I understand why the, the questions are. It's like I I I'm torn between these two players in this, especially the same price range, right? The same similar price. Would you play this or that? It's like, well, in a vacuum, and I say this on the podcast, in a vacuum, X versus Y. But you tell me that, like, you're not playing any other players from that team, then I'd be like, well, I'd be more inclined to play them in cash. If you're playing other guys from that team, I'd be more inclined to play them in GPP, right? Yep. Like, like if you're going to tell me, like, between two defense, uh, do I play, uh, do I play uh, Simon Francis or... Uh, or or Martin Olson or something like that. If that's the question in general, and they're both forty two hundred or something, and they're both in similar situations. Swansea's at home and this is surprisingly a favorite, and Bournemouth's at home and it's a bigger favorite, a little bit of a favorite. And you go, who to play? I go, well, are you playing any other Bournemouth guys? It's like, oh yeah, I'm playing Stanislas. So I said, okay, so play Olson in cash. So you're not going all in on Bournemouth in one lineup for your cash lineup. And GPP, you'd rather pair Francis with Stanislaus and hope they both get something. Number one, the clean sheet, that helps you. And the goal to assist, maybe that happens, right? That's the context, right? But I would have to know that you're playing Stanislaus. I would have to know that you're playing, I'm playing a lot of Callum, right? If you told me, I'm playing a lot of Callum Wilson in GPP, I'd be like, well, the Francis should be in those lineups. For sure. Right? If you're deciding between the two, because... That's an obvious center forward, fullback center forward. That's a that's a cross to a header goal. I mean, that's right there. Like that makes sense in a G because you want to correlate in GPP. In cash, you don't need to correlate like that because, I mean, you can. But if you told me to like Francis or Olsen, if but if you said, well, I'm I'm playing key in my cash lineup, be like, well, then play Francis and not Olsen. Because Swansea, Swansea. Are you you really going to put that much trust into Swansea? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I'd rather spread out my trust to Swansea and Bournemouth to get and com- combined than to one or the other. But that's the context. So that means not knowing that coming and saying, "Well, Francis or Olsen." What what does the answer get you? 
Well, how can anyone give you the correct answer? That I mean, that any type of educated answer without the context of what? And then, then we go through that whole thing, and you go, "Oh, I'm playing on Fanduel." <laughs> I go neither, <laughs> right? And then, and then I then I go to you, and I go neither. I go, you take neither of them. Like, why are you even looking at these people? And you go, "What are you?" And then, then your head explodes, and you go, "Like, why wouldn't I look at them on Fanduel?" It's because you're looking at at you. Man City is playing against the, you know the, the the school children. It's like you want you want the center central defenders from there. Is they going to get like seventy four clearances or something? Right, right? that's Fanduel, right? The defensive midfielders, like, like why why are you looking at Olsen? Like that's a G, that, that's a GBP play on Fanduel. That's a cash play on DraftKings, right? Two different yeah. contexts. Or then Yahoo, and then you go. Should I, how about on Yahoo? I go. You play neither of them on Yahoo. I mean, GPP on Yahoo, nowhere near a cash player in Yahoo. Like, well, where do we go on Yahoo? It's like, who's the big favorite? Hmm. Oh, man, Them. It's like, you're playing center back. You're playing whoever, whoever the cheapest players that have the highest clean sheet odds. That you, that, that's who you're playing at defense on Yahoo. Because you, you want three of them. And if you have the money, pay up, you know, that's where, that's where you pay up a little, the extra two bucks for Alonzo. Or something like right. that, if he's still defender eligible, or something. You know, a guy that's, in addition to being a home, you know, heavy favorite, could also has some type of goal assist upside that could get you everything. I'd rather do that, pay up two dollars there in defense, than an extra two dollars for a midfielder on another team, right? On Yahoo, at least. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And- but those are the contextual questions, yeah. right? I mean, like. Uh, you could you could transpose that into into any sport, any type, any whatever. That's why you know even on Twitter or whatever, I see people asking people questions or amongst themselves, not like to to other you know experts, touts or whoever whoever's out there. But I mean, you, I I see on live streams, I see on other sites, chats. You know, it's a it's, it's an incessant stream of A versus B, C versus D for whatever like. Like, how could anyone, like, what, what's the context of everything that you're playing? Like, what's your, are you, a lot of times, you'll, you'll also hear on other podcasts a lot of times where it's like, you could play X. Like, if you're playing, if you're playing 20 lineups, I could see putting them in one or two versus, like, if you're playing one lineup that most likely they should not be going into your lineup, right? That would be heavily, right. highly risky, right? But if you're playing 20 lineups, he may be worth some exposure. 10%, 15%, something. You could see how that could be viable. Right? I think I'm am, Andrew, am I the only one that uses that word? Viable? Viable. It might be. I think it's, it's it makes me sound smart. <laughs> and like you could you could, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you I could, could I guess that. certainly you, doesn't sound You could, as... I guess, right? Right? You could I mean, or like I he's a fine play. I say that in Slack a lot. He's a fine play. Like it's there's nothing there's nothing wrong. I mean it like the, when players are priced efficiently, and you take them, like, it's one of those things where it's like it's 50-50. Like, you're getting what you paid for, I think. I look at that and I go, okay, he's not, he's not a bad play. He's not an optimal play. He's a play, right? If, every, if everyone was priced efficiently, like, there'd be no edge, right? right? There'd be not, I mean, it would just be, it would be like a lottery. Like, there'd be... It, so that's why that's why we look at a lot of players like I a lot of times I don't play a guy like Pascal Gross because a lot of times he's just efficiently priced. 
and they're and and they're never in a matchup where like I feel like the need to play him. I agree. Right. Unless there's there's a forward, I was gonna say the, the forward dearth of forwards. Forward. Yeah. Right. If, 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 right. If there's but I mean a lot of times he's on a slate where there's a Liverpool or a Man City, where it's like, yeah, he's efficiently priced at seventy six hundred for his matchup that he's in. You know, away to Huddersfield or something like, like okay, it's there. But I mean, if I'm gonna take uh, a Salah or a Guerrero or something like that, like I, I can't even afford a seventy six hundred forward. Right. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down and take, uh, t- take, take, you know, some original key or Kennedy. Right, right, right. So I mean, I'm gonna go somewhere else, or because he's efficient only because he's efficiently. Like, would it be bad to take him? No, but if it, 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 it screws up the rest of my construction. But in a in a vacuum, the players priced efficiently. I mean, t- you t- you take a look at even the high price guys; they're typically priced. Some it's hard to tell. It depends on how many goals. If when, when Salah scores four goals, I mean that's not efficiently priced. But I mean, he's, Kane is f- priced efficiently. Eric, I mean a lot a lot of people are priced efficiently. That's why we look down and we go uh, for the you know like fifty eight hundred for Chris Brunt, and people ask like, well I'm gonna I'm the, he's the first guy in. It's like no, why is he the first guy in? Yeah. Like, but because he was seventy three hundred last week, yeah. But I mean, but fifty eight hundred is his efficient price for this matchup. Just because he was overpriced last week doesn't make him a deal this right. week. That's his efficient price. If you end up playing him, I don't blame you. I don't. But is he the first one in? No, he's the last one in. Right? He's the. I put him. I go. I like everything else. I have fifty eight hundred left in my utility. <laughs> And I go, I have the difference between playing, paying for like Andrew Robertson or Chris Brunt. And I go, well, Robertson is going to get the clean sheet or whatever, but I'm already playing this a lot. When I, like, I'm doing that. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> I'll just take Chris Brunt. Yeah. Like, I, I see there's the McLean's not in, uh, Phillips. Is, I mean, I was like, okay. Like, I'm not excited to play him. I'm just like, oh, he's officially priced. Now, Chris Brunt, it was 4,200. Now he's the first one. In. Right? Sure. Sure. It's all about pricing. So to ask the question, like, is Chris Brunt a good play? It's like, sure. Like, what are you gleaning from? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't what, what's the answer for that? Other than, like, I guess, sure, right? Just like, you know, we, we look at Albright at 7,100 and go like, I think he's overpriced for that. But he ha- he has a floor. You're right. If you say, well, he, in the past three games, he's gotten crosses and blah, blah. I go, you're, 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 you're saying you're stating facts like, that are perfectly fine. I could see if you get to play him for seven K you're guaranteed. If you're guaranteeing yourself a floor, right. In that type of matchup. But I mean, on the, co- the context of the slate may be that you have to pay 12 K for Kane. And in the context of the slate, like paying seven K for Albright, like my, that, that typically that's my first question. I mean, when we go over the, 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 the slate, a lot of times, I mean, we we don't mention, we barely mention a lot of guys that just don't fit within the context of the lineup construction. Sure. You go, well, you know, you talked about what, whether whether or not you play Salah and Firmino together, but you didn't talk a lot about, like, playing, pay, playing Shakiri. I go, because if you're playing Salah, you can't play Shakiri. Right, right. Like, you get, like, that... That, so what's the purpose? You can't play them together, pretty much. I mean, you can. I mean, it's, it, 
You have to punt so many places that it would be stupid. But in the context of that, but in and of himself, like, do you think Shakira is a bad play? Like, if you don't even tell me what the slate is, and you go, Shakira is 7,800. Is that good? I go, I guess. <laughs> he's viable. Sure, in a vacuum. Sure. I mean, is, I mean, he's kind of the, the guy for the, you tell me Stokes a favorite at home. You don't tell me who they're playing against. You just, maybe Stoke versus West Brom. You give me some context. You know, do I play Shakiri at 7,800? Do you play Shakiri at 4,000? Yes, yes. First one in. Yeah, right? there it is. Shakiri's 9,800. No, probably not. Uh, depends on the slate. 7,800, viable. There you go. But then now you show me the slate and it's, you know, a bunch of Brightons versus Everton, you know, like all Pickham's lower table matches. And I go, Shakiri 7,800, probably going to be the chalk, right? It's probably going to be something like, uh, like a uh, good Munson, gross Shakiri, right? That type of slate. Cause like who else is playing? Right. Like I needed Mares, you know, something like the, the top sides aren't, aren't playing. And all of a sudden Shakiri becomes like 60% owned. Yet on a slate, you go, okay, well, Liverpool's the late game. And you go, okay, Shakiri just went from 68% owned to like 10% owned. Right? Because everyone's going to go Salah and then go, going to have to take either Gross or Goodmanson for 7,500. And the guy could be able to fit in Shakiri. So, so there you go. So now it's going to be a bunch of 5K midfielders. So now we look at, you know, that's when, that's when you see the, uh, the, the Ki Sung Young chalk. Right. Right. That level. Even he's gotten up, but I mean, that's when you, Chris Brunt fills in. Are you going to see three defenders, right? One in utility, the chief goalkeeper, the second highest goalkeeper is going to be the, you know, the second lowest, not the one that's playing Liverpool, but the guy, you know, that's, you know, the Ben Foster right. is going to be the chalk goalkeeper. So you could put that thing together and that's the context of but if you if you like, well, I'm going to play Salon and Firmino together. You know, I'm going to play. I'm going to stack a team like that. Could be higher variance. It could be more. It could be more optimal, right? But understand what you're doing. And if you're like, I'm playing on the last. If I don't win this slate, I don't eat tonight. Like, <laughs> maybe you don't. Maybe you don't stack. Maybe maybe you go a little bit more balanced. Right. So you you have as a backup. Like you're not playing uh, two goal dependent players at forward, right? Or sometimes, or maybe you maybe you think in terms of, well, I'm just going to take, I'm, I'm betting on Liverpool, and so be it. Okay, that's viable also, right? If you think that is the conservative way to go, that I know they're going to score four goals, and I'm just going to try to get as many players as they can, I could, hey, I can't, with, with the results we've seen this season, I can't. Yeah, can't totally. Right? If you consider that to be the more conservative strategy. But I mean, but a risky strategies are like, I'm, I'm taking... I'm taking Callum Wilson and, and, and Jay Rodriguez in cash. Like that, like that's, that's not optimal. That's not, not viable. That's just wrong. Right. <laughs> right. But if you say Callum Wilson, a good play, like in GPP, sure. Like, but not in cash. But like, if we get to that point, like that's a stupid question. The thing you could do is always add, add context. But to me, I think that's the reason, Andrew, why there are stupid questions. Yes. Because people don't un- don't even understand the context of their own, why they're taking. There's no, people look in vacuums. Not literally, obviously. Although some people may be better off looking. <laughs> but I see it in other sports. I mean, like baseball is coming up. I mean, basketball has been happening. 
whatever. Like, what's the context in which you play? Like, I play certain play. I, oh, I can't believe you with this. You had, you had this much. You played this guy. I said, yeah, because I played sixty lineups, and he was in six of them. Right. Like instead, like, and I'm correlating him with other things to go in those certain lineups. Because they're going to be lower owned, and I can, uh, and I can win fifty thousand dollars doing that, or a hundred thousand dollars doing that, right? In your cash lineup, how come you the po- popular play was going to be this guy, and you took the other guy in this team? Is that because the other guy in this team has a better floor for cheaper? So, but the other guy's going to be slightly higher owned. It's like, but not high enough owned that I need to block. So let other people be stupid. I'll fade that. That's fine, right? People playing bench players that I try not to do. For NBA cash, mm-hmm. but other people, oh, but he's going to be. St- sometimes I do, and he's like, well, normally you don't play med bench players, and then all of a sudden I see this bench player in your lineup. It's like, yeah, because like way underpriced, he's still going to see twenty eight minutes, and I don't like, I don't even like it. But if he's going to be seventy percent done in my cash games, like I can't fade a, like a nine x score from this guy, right. so I I have to play him. If it was like half that ownership, he was going to be thirty percent done. I could fade it. We talk about that in soccer as far as like Salah, like the high goal score gods guys and Aguero, those type Kane, right? Those are the three, right? Yep. Right. You go, I'm not thrilled about playing these guys in cash, but uh, they're going to be 80 percent down. I got it. Right. I mean, like just they're the only ones on the slate that could put a 50s. So, I mean, like they're going to be 80 percent on anyway. If they get me two points, what does it matter? Right. Everyone's going down with the shit. <laughs> right. We can, all, we, we can all cash regardless, right? You're not getting any leverage. You tell me they're going to be high-owned at 35%? Okay, well, that's fadeable. I can get to the 55th percentile without him, even having a big game, because he's going to be less owned. But once he gets past that double line, double up line exposure rate, you put up a 50-pointer there, I'm dead. I can't make up those points elsewhere. I have to take him. Just a block, no matter what. And you see the same in every sport, right? So sometimes in NBA, you get players in cash that are 80% owned. I'm like, why is everyone going down this toilet bowl? This, the, the, Yes, I know, he's starting, he's 3,200 or whatever, but he may only play 12 minutes. But, but okay, everyone's going down, but for 3,200, you could also put up 32 points, and I'm not going to get a 10x out of anyone like that at 70%, 80% ownership. Right. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go along with the mass delusion here. But I, I'd be the first one to say, I don't think this is the correct way to go. Like, in a, in, a, in a vacuum. Like, I do not think this is the optimal play. But everyone is deluded, and he has enough upside for that price that I got a block at this point. And you see that? Baseball also. You'll get down a rabbit hole where, where it... Uh, if there's this a pitcher or 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 a, or a second baseman or something like that, it's a 14 game slate, and there's a guy that's like 70 percent owned. And you're like, why is this happening? <laughs> it's like because everyone's everyone's reading the same things and listening to the same podcast or whatever, and that's the reason I like listening and reading everything because it's so condensed that like I could tell where ownership is going, even without looking at like other sites that put together projected ownership percentages or whatever. Like I could tell. And be like, okay, this is very valuable information for me for GPP. But, and, and as well as cash, but GPP as well. For sure. But those are all the contexts of which, you know, that's 
You should be asking questions in those types of contexts. So it's just A versus B is stupid, right? <laughs> Moronic, ignorant, <clears throat> misguided. Ma- 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 can I put uh, what synonyms for stupid? Can I can I can I Google that? You probably could. Probably a nice long list too. If anybody has any synonyms for stupid that you want to tell Jordan, you can find him on Twitter at Blenderhead. That's BlenderHD. I am at Rotowire Andrew. We'll be back on Thursday to talk about the upcoming Premier League slate and whether Chris Brunt is going to be locked in as the first guy in our lineups or not. So, Jordan, I will talk to you then. Unintelligent, ignorant, dense, foolish, dull slow, simple-minded, vacuous, vapid, idiotic, imbecilic, obtuse, doltish. Thick, dim, dim-witted, slow-witted, dumb, dopey, dozy, broad, cretinous, pea-brained, half-witted, brain-dead, bone-headed, thick-headed, wooden-headed, mutton-headed, daft, <laughs> foolish, silly, unintelligent, idiotic, scatterbrained, nonsensical, senseless, hairbrained, unthinking, ill-advised, ill-considered, unwise, injudicious, in, 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 in whatever, I can even pronounce that. Cracked, half-baked, dim-witted, another cock-eyed, lame-brained, nutty, fatty, cuckoo, loony, loopy. Those are really dumb. Those are just like dumb. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.